This is the Encounter Community Church podcast, where we will take one or two nuggets from Sunday's message and look at how we can take, utilize, and apply it to our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church podcast. My name is Ken Ballard Jr. I am the pastor here. And before I get going too far, I wanted to take a moment real quickly just to say thanks to every single one of you who took a moment last week to pray for my family uh, in mourning the loss of my stepfather. Uh, Again, it still seems a little surreal uh, to me. I remember uh, when I was coming back from Atlanta, one of the first things that kind of hit me was like, if I get on this plane, like it's official that he's he's passed and that he's gone. Um, So just trying to process that and, and work through that uh, this week has been a little bit of a challenge, but you know, the memorial service was just really incredible. It really captured the heart of my stepfather, because if you knew him, you would know that he would not want the service to be one that was full of sadness, but it would be an opportunity for coming together. And yes, we're going to miss him, but it was an opportunity to come together for, for laughter as we told stories about my stepfather. Uh, just he, an amazing man uh, in many ways. He touched the lives of so many people. Matter of fact, he was kind of a model for me in the way that I do ministry, uh, the way that I talk about God, the way that I preach. Uh, he, was, he was a model for me uh, in a lot of those ways. And so uh, with that, again, I just want to take this moment to just say thank you so much to every single one of you who prayed for my family last week. Please continue to be praying for them, uh, especially my sister. Uh, my sister and my stepdad were, were really, really close. And, and so she's still processing and working through things. So keep my sister Ebony uh, in your minds as you pray and, and uh, lift her up before God. So again, thank you so much. Really appreciate you. You know, one of the things that we did last week was just kind of gather around and just talk about stories and, and those moments. But I remember uh, one of the things that I, I, I wrestled with, and I'll be honest with you, is uh, there was always this nagging feeling over the last few weeks before my father passed. Um, there was these lag- lagging feelings like you should call Pops and check in on him and see how he's doing. And then, of course, my goal was to do so. But you know how that is. Uh, you think, oh, I need to call this person. And then you get going with your day. And then you get home and, you know, you have four kids and spending time with the family. And then, you know, the next thing you know, you go to bed and you wake up and you realize, oh, man, I didn't call my dad. I meant to call my stepdad and I call pops and reach out to him. So then the next day goes and then the next day goes and then the next day goes. I don't know if you've had that experience, <laughs> but I don't doubt that there's someone out there who hasn't. Because um, we all go through those moments where we have the best intentions but because of busyness, we it just gets biased. And I be, I'll be honest that one of the things I have been wrestling with is regret that I did not reach out to him sooner. Um, I, I know that he knows that I love him. I know that he knows that I care about him. Uh, I mean, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but still, it would have been nice just to get that one last phone call in to say, Pops, I love you. I'm thinking about you. Just wanted to check in and see how you're doing. And, and so with that in mind, I, I just want to take this moment to encourage every single one of you. This is why we're doing a series like this on change and seeing growth happen in our lives. 
so that when those moments come, those moments of inspiration come, those moments that really speak to you when they come, that we can begin to operate and act on those so that at the end of the day, we don't have regrets for what we've done with our lives and, and those moments where we could have done something to make a difference or we could have done something to reach out or we could have done something to talk, we could have done something to show more love, but we didn't. And here's the other thing too, is I, I really want to encourage us to make these changes that we're talking about in our lives so that at the end of our lives, we'll reach a point where we have no regret for the way that we've lived that we will know at the end of our lives that we've lived the best, we've loved the best, we've given the best, we've served the best, that you know that you can look at your family and know that I loved you and I gave myself to you and because of the way that I live my life, I can cross into the next world with no regrets. So that's my encouragement today. Let's make the commitment to live with no regrets. So I also wanted to, as, as we're talking, I, I just wanted to ask you, know, you guys as well, um, how many of you are happy with the results of the AFC and NFC Championship game, right? How many of you could actually care less? You know, Some of you are saying I could care less as well. But here's the question that I'm asking now. Chiefs or 49ers? Like, who are you rooting for? And I'll admit, I'm torn. I really am. On one end, I'm torn because Andy Reid, the coach of the Chiefs, uh, he's been with other, he's with the Philadelphia Eagles. He's had really great success. He's made it to the playoffs. He's even made it to a Super Bowl, but he's actually never won a Super Bowl. Probably one of the greatest coaches of all time to have not won one. So in one way, I'm kind of rooting for the Chiefs and I'm rooting for Andy Reid because I would love for him to be able to get a ring. But on the other hand, like if you would have told me years ago I'd be considering rooting for the 49ers, I would say that you are absolutely out of your mind. Like there is no way on God's green planet I would ever root for the 49ers. But however, now the general manager of the 49ers is a guy named John Lynch. If you're familiar with, if you're familiar with me, you know that I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan and John Lynch played safety for the Buccaneers the one year they made it to the Super Bowl and won. Yes, there is one. And I will hold on till that one year until we get there again, which probably won't be until 2052. <laughs> but I'm going to root for them and continue, but I will hold on to that. But now, how cool is this? Is John Lynch is actually in the running to actually make it to the Hall, the Hall of Fame of football players. So how cool would that be that as a general manager, he wins a Super Bowl and he gets into the hall all in the same year. I mean, that'd be kind of a great way to kick off 2020 as well. So I'll be honest, for, for me, I am torn. What about you? Is a, is a, is a, is a choice really obvious? I know my friend named Ed, for him, it's, it's clear. Ed has been a 49er fan for years. He bleeds red. Well, I guess we all do, don't we? <laughs> but he is, he is a true 49er fan. He's not a bandwagon guy. He's root for them in their bad times or good times. But he, so he's, he's jazzed about this moment right now. But, but what about you? Who would you root for and who are you rooting for and, and why? Why are you rooting for them? I'll be honest, you know, one of the, we, my wife and I we were actually rooting for the Tennessee Titans. I think I talked about that before that here you have 15 guys on your roster that are vegan. 
uh, showing that you could actually be strong and one of the best athletes in the world and eat healthy. Um, and I'm not necessarily saying eating meat is not healthy, uh, but that's just what they've chosen to do. And, and there's this, this misnomer that is out there that you have to eat protein, uh, animal protein, in order for you to be strong. And what they're doing is they're showing that that's not necessarily true. And, and the reason why I, I get to all that is to say this. I, I wonder how many of us resist change in our lives because there's something that we believe that really is not true. Again, one of the things that we can hold on to is this idea that I can never change. But it says in Romans chapter 1, verse 17, the good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. So you know what that verse says? Change is possible. Change is possible. Because God has already done the work for you to change. He's already made the declaration. And, and so now, for us, when it comes to change, we're not changing into something that we're not. We're actually moving into changing into something that we are because God has already declared it to be so. And so with that, we can hang our hat on that and begin to live out that truth in our lives. So again, this series has been called 2020, From Vision to Reality. And we've been looking at how do we get to a point where what I see myself as being actually becomes the reality of who I am, that the vision that God has for me becomes reality in the way that I live my life, that how can I go about the process of seeing significant change, significant growth happen to see me being able to overcome some of the setbacks and challenges in my life. And, and again, we're, we're doing this series based on a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear, and I may have said this before, but again, I am getting no payment from James, no royalty whatsoever. But James, if you hear this, if someone plays it for you, if someone says, hey, there's a pastor in Southern California in a city called Torrance, California, that is actually doing a sermon series based on your book. And here's the podcast. James, if you happen to hear this and you decide Hey, I want to send him some kickback. Even if the kickback is an autographed book, hey, buddy, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate it. But again, my goal, of course, is not to get kickbacks. But I'm telling you, it's a really practical book on change and really being able to see change happen in your life. And, and so one of the things he talks about that I think is really powerful is that in order for you to really see change happen, you have to understand how habits are Developed. Matter of fact, that was one of our main points from Sunday. Because remember what we do with the podcast is we take a couple of nuggets from the Sunday message and look at how we can utilize them and apply them to our lives. And so here's one of the things that we said is we said to understanding how habits work opens the door for change. Understanding how habits work opens the door for change. Well, basically, what is a habit? And a habit can simply be defined as this. It is a means by which we cope with life. It is a means by which we cope with life. Now, it can be a healthy means or it can be an unhealthy means. Now, now, the great thing is because it is a means by which we cope with life, if it is an unhealthy mean, then that mean can be changed. Now, it will take work to see that change happen, but it is possible and we can do it. We just have to really begin to trust God and start to take those steps to see 
that become reality in our lives, but the change can happen. And so what happens is when it comes to coping with life, the more that you go to a something over and over and over again, he says this, a habit is a behavior that has been repeated enough times to become automatic. It is a behavior that has been repeated enough times to become automatic. So we just have to look at the way that we cope with life. And what happens is we have a certain situation. We develop a way that we cope with it, the way that we deal with it. And our brain becomes rooted in the way that we cope with it. And so it becomes a mechanism. And so what happens is your brain wants to choose the easiest pathway in order for you to be able to find satisfaction. So what we tend to do is that that's why we go to habits. Because our habits, our brains becomes an automatic, a habit becomes an automatic process that our brain uses to be able to cope and deal with life. And it doesn't have to necessarily be huge elements or dramatic elements of life. It could just be everyday life. But it's just the way that our minds have learned to be able to cope with it. For example, and I'll give you one, uh, the way that you deal with stress. You have a habit in the way that you deal with stress. Now, sometimes what's happened is maybe you get stressed out and someone has, has noticed, hey, you're stressed out. Why don't you come and go for a run with me? So you get up, you go for a run with that person. When the run is done, you feel like, wow, this has relieved my stress. And so then you go and you get stressed out, you go for a run again, and you realize, wow, this has relieved my stress. So then every time you go for a run, every time you're stressed out, you go for a run, it alleviates your stress. Or maybe you get stressed out and someone says, hey, why don't you clean your house? So you get stressed out, you do some cleaning, and you realize after you're done cleaning, your space is clear, you're able to function a little bit better because you're in a, as in, a, in a better space, you feel a little bit more at ease, you feel peaceful, there's something that you get out of it, and you realize, like, hey, when I'm stressed out, when I'm clean, I feel better. So then what happens is every time you get stressed out, you clean. So that could be another way. Or if you're anything like me, you get stressed out, you eat, <laughs> right? Because that's what I've done sometimes. I have made a mean peanut butter and jelly sandwich when I <laughs> I was stressed out. Uh, I, I, back in the day when I could eat whatever I wanted to eat, I could make a mean triple-decker peanut butter and jelly. Yes, that's what I just said. A triple-decker peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Talk about a creamy middle. Oh, and if it's crunchy peanut butter with strawberry jelly, I am sold. And then give me some strawberry milk to go with it. And I am, I'm in heaven. <laughs> All right. Uh, but it's very easy. You know, you, you get stressed out, you eat, and that's the way that you start to cope with life. And so what happens is every time you're stressed out, you eat. So it becomes a habit. So here's what he says in his book. He says that there are four steps to a habit. The first step is the cue. The cue is what triggers your behavior. The cue could be a situation that you find yourself in. It could be a thought. It could be something that someone says. Um, but it, it's just something, it, just think about your cue as a trigger. What is a trigger that goes to the next point is it triggers a craving. There's something that you want. There's something that you desire. There's something that you 
long for. And so what it does is it begins to motivate you. What does it motivate you to do? It motivates you to go to the next step, which is response. So I respond to something in order to satisfy my need or whatever it may be. And then once I get to that response, once I do that action, it brings back the the last level, which is a reward. I get a reward. There's something I get out of it. Um, And again, I go back to the example of being stressed out. Maybe the reward is my stress is alleviated. And so, ah, you know, I can I can go through and deal with life or whatever it might be that I that I'm trying to face. But that gives you an idea. So it's cue, cravings, response, reward, cue, cravings, response, reward. I love how James puts it. Uh, because again, one of the things I love about this book that I've been enjoying is I've been learning certain principles and I can see, oh man, I, I see scripture in that. I, I see that, that there's a connection between what James is saying and how God has described it. It says in James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15, it says, temptation, which is the cue, comes from our own desires, which is our cravings, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, which is a response. And when sin is allowed to grow, allowed to grow, why does it grow? Because we get a reward from it. So that every reward, every time we get a satisfaction, every time it meets a need, then it grows. So, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So ultimately, the rewards that we get from the habits that we practice will lead us in a destination, will lead us in a direction. That destination could be one of health or the destination could be one of sickness or illness. Remember, the, the idea of disease, of disease, is that when your body's at dis-ease, at dis-ease, disease. So that's the idea behind this. Is, so what you want to do, that, that I love about this passage, because it talks about the, past, the pathway where the reward leads to consequence, but you know what? There's also a pathway where it can lead to help. So maybe you get a temptation. The temptation comes from your own desire, which can drag you and entice you away. But instead, what you do is you see that desire and you say, you know what? I'm going to move in a healthy direction. I'm going to move in a healthy direction. Matter of fact, here's what the Bible says when it comes to change. It says when we put off something, it says to put on something. Take off, put on. Take off, put on. A lot of times when it comes to change, we just say stop. We just say stop. No, what God does is God encourages us to practice the, the theory of replacement. And basically what that says is for this thing that I'm trying to change, instead of just stopping doing that, I'm going to put something healthy in its place and move in that direction. And if we are able to do that, then that health will lead to growth, which gives birth to life, which gives birth to life. So we get an opportunity to decide our change and where it's going to come from. He puts it this way in his book. He says, in summary, the cue triggers a craving, which motivates a response, which provides a reward, and ultimately becomes associated with the cue. This cycle is known as the habit loop. So you have your cue, right? And then you act on it. Now you have your cue, and then you have a desire, and then you act on that desire. You get a reward for that desire, and then Depending upon the, the, the gravity or the level of the reward, it becomes easier to go back to that habit and do that habit once again, and do that habit once again, and do that habit once again. 
And the more we do that habit, once again, the more automatic the habit becomes in our lives. And then we find ourselves in this place trying to figure out, how do I break this habit? How do I break this habit? Which brings us to the next point that we talked about on Sunday. It says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So that you can endure. So the idea behind this is to begin to make a commitment, to really look for a way out, to be able to make a difference in our lives. Talking about cravings, here's what the Bible says about cravings. 1 John 2.16, for the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for what we see, and a pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but are from the world. So, in other words, we have to make sure that we do not allow our lives to be dictated by our cravings. And this goes back to the idea of change and being able to see change happen in our lives. See, I I think, again, and I talked about this a little bit on Sunday, is this is where, as a church, when I say church, I mean capital C, as church, we have made the mistake. And I'm sure when you hear this, for any of you that have gone to church, you've heard the same thing, too. You go to church, we talk about sin and what sin is, and we say the magic word. What's the magic word? Stop, right? Stop. Stop doing the sin. Stop doing the sin. Stop doing the sin. Stop doing the sin. Stop, 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 right? But in the meantime, we're wrestling because it seems like it's so difficult to stop. And here's the reason why. It's because what we do is we say, hey, here's the reward. So find a new reward. Find a new fulfillment. Again, nothing wrong with that. And then we say, look at your response. Look at your response to what you do. You need to change your response. Well, here's what James Clear says in his book. If you change the reward or if you change the response, you are still most likely going to go back to your habit or what it is. He says that you have to go deeper, which makes sense. Because then if I look at my craving, if I look at this thing that my, my craving, what is it that I want? What is it that I desire? And then once I figure that out, then I could say, how can I move my life in a direction that what I get and what I desire is met in a healthy way? So he would say, go through your cravings. And even better, he would say, let's go deeper. Let's look at your cues. Look at your cues. What is in your environment? What is in your life that cue you to practice that behavior or to do whatever it is that you do? So if you can remove yourself from the cue, if you could change that, then you are more likely to practice that which is healthy. Or if you do get the cue, if you are able to redirect your cravings, then you can move yourself in a direction that is also healthy as well. And so with that, Here's what he talks about are the four laws of behavior change. Here are the four laws of behavior change. So you might want to write this down or come back to it later. Mark this point and the podcast is at the two, 22 minute and 59 second part <laughs> you know, of the podcast. But mark that, come back and write this down. Because he says the law of behavior change, how to change or how to create a good habit. The first law, which is come see your cue is make it obvious. Make the cue to do the good thing obvious, which would mean if you want to change, the invert of that would be true to break a bad habit. 
So what you want to do is you want to remove yourself from the cue to do the bad habit as much as possible. So make the cue for the good habit obvious, make the cue for the bad habit invisible. Make it invisible. In, second, in the second law, talking about craving, he says, make it attractive. Make the desire to do that good thing, make it attractive. Which means the invert of that would be true. If I'm trying to change a bad habit, then I would have to try to make that bad habit unattractive. Good habit, attractive. Bad habit, unattractive. Now, how do you make a bad habit unattractive? Is to maybe look at it for what it really is. What does it really bring to your life? Does it really enhance your life? And the answer to that is probably no. So then what are the consequences that it brings into my life? So you begin to look at that and you begin to say, I don't want those consequences. I don't want that fallout. So you start to look at it from the perspective of what it truly brings to you. And then when you look at that bad habit, no matter how much it alleviates you and it feels good, you look at the reward and what it does and you say, you know what? I don't really want that. So, so you begin to look at your craving to make it attractive for the good thing, make the craving for the bad thing unattractive for response. Make the good habit as easy as possible. Make it as easy as possible because that's the way that our brain works. Our brain wants the easiest pathway to satisfaction. So if you make the good thing easy, then it becomes easier to practice and to do, which brings us to the, to the, to the thing that you want to change. If you want to change something, then make that as difficult for you to do as possible. Make it as difficult for you to do as possible. If you want to change the way that you eat, the easiest thing to do, make Healthy choices, obvious and easy and attractive in your home. And again, same thing, then maybe what you want to do is alleviate some of the negative things that you want to eat. So maybe it's time to get rid of the chips or just whatever it is, but you don't bring them into your home. Make it as difficult as possible to eat unhealthy, then odds are you will eat healthy. And then reward. Make it satisfying. Make it satisfying. Make the fulfillment worth it for you to do the good thing. Even if it's a small victory, make it worth it. When it comes to the fourth law, then when a bad habit, make it unsatisfying. Again, see it from its true, from its true perspective. Embrace what it is. Recognize, like if you feel guilty because you've done it, it's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. So look at that guilt and say, that's definitely not what I, what it is that I want in my life. It's not what I want in my life. Now, maybe you might do that action and you might look at it and be, well, Ken, I don't really feel guilty. Well, what you do is, again, go back to the perspective of making it unattractive. What is it that it really brings into your life? Because at the end of the day, you may come to the point where you realize, I don't really want this. I, you know, the cigarette may alleviate my stress, but I don't want the cancer that it can cause in my mouth, my throat, and my lungs. I, I don't want the end result of that. So, Ken, I'm going to stop smoking. And again, the reason why, as it goes back to what I was saying before, right? Your identity, your identity. I'm going to stop smoking, Ken, because I am no longer a smoker. Now, if you're unfamiliar with that, go back and listen to previous podcasts, specifically at the podcast last week when I talk about who you are and how important that is. But if you haven't listened to any of the podcasts for this series, I want to encourage you to go back and do so. Um, because as we talk about change and seeing that happen in our lives, it is very possible for us to change and be able to grow and to become the kind of person that we want to be. So here's what we're going to do. 
is over the next four weeks, we are going to dive into each law specifically. So for example, next week is the first law of behavior change. So next week is going to be all about Q, making it obvious. How do we do that? How do we do that? So that's what we're going to dive into next week. So hopefully you'll be able to come back and join us. And if you enjoy what it is that you hear, if you could do me a favor, if you could take a moment to rate us, uh, because again, the more ratings that we have, the more, um, you know, we are, the more the word gets out. And, and again, our, our goal really is to be able to see lives changed, to see people touched in such a way that they recognize, you know what? God really loves me. And when I listen to the encounter, the encounter podcast, I walk away encouraged. I walk away uplifted and I recognize that, wow, true change is possible. And I can live life in the way that God has created and called me to be able to live it. And, you know, we can see change happen. So the goal of this is not necessarily to get people to come to the church, although that would be nice. I'll be, I'll be honest. It'd be nice. Um, and we would love to see people come and be a part of our family and to see them grow and to see their lives change. But ultimately, the goal of this is to see lives change, whether they come to encounter or not. Um, so get us, so rate us, share us. Also, if this has been an encouragement to you, share with a friend, share with a family member. If there's someone that you know that, that, that is working through a habit or trying to change, I want to share, share with them. Say, hey, I heard this podcast about change. Um, here's a book that I talked about. Here's a book, pick it up, Atomic Habits by James Clear. And then here's how they talk about it in the podcast. Listen to this because, you know, maybe you might see the change that you want to make in your life and to see yourself be able to overcome. Uh, if we could do that, that would be incredible as well. And again, I just want to let you know, where are you at with your New Year's resolutions? If you are like me, where you've made mistakes, where you haven't um, reached your potential yet, where you've had some setbacks, um, I'll tell you, I started running and then, you know, what happened is I had to go to Atlanta for my father's memorial service and I've gotten back and I'll be honest, I have not run since I've gotten back. I'm going to do my best to change that tomorrow. So I have my running clothes out. They've been out for a few days, just to be honest with you, uh, but I'm going to do it. Um, so the thing is, is if you've blown it, that's all right. Get back on. Get back on the saddle. God's with you. He understands the struggle. Don't give up. Let's be in this journey together. Let's continue to push forward together. And again, I would love the opportunity to be able to pray for you. So feel free to shoot me an email at kenballardjr4 at gmail.com. Um, I would love the opportunity to be able to pray for you. You could also, if you are on our, on our website, we have a contact page. You can send something through that. Also, if you are listening um, and you go to our Facebook page or if you go to our Instagram, you can send us a message through there. We'll have the opportunity to pray for you as well. And again, remember that encounter is about three things. Love up, love out, love in. Love up, that we will be people who are madly and passionately in love with God. And the beauty of that is when that really is done in a proper way, God is so beautiful and God is absolutely so attractive, which brings us to love out, that we're going to make a commitment to love and serve others. Uh, what about you in loving out? Who can you love? Who can you 
serve? Who can you uplift? Who? Just make it a goal tomorrow. I'm going to be more loving tomorrow than I am today. So how can you do that? Maybe take someone a cup of coffee. It, it doesn't have to be huge, grandiose gestures, but just something to show, hey, I love you. And then love up, love out, love in. What are you doing to take care of yourself so that you can be healthier, so that you can be healthier emotionally, healthier spiritually, healthier mentally? And that way we can begin to live our lives in the ways that God has created us to live them. So again, love up, love out, love in. That's what Encounter is all about. So again, come back next week as we talk about Q and seeing ourselves change. Q being make it obvious. Well, take care. God bless you. And we'll be back with you once again next week. Thank you for taking a moment to listen to the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you're looking for a way to get more connected to our church, head over to our website at encountercommunity.church. You can see the times of our services as well as the events that are happening at our church. And you can feel free to come out and join us. Also, if you'd like to make a donation to our church, allowing us to continue to make a difference in our community, then you can head over to the page that says online giving and you can follow the link from there. Well, take care. God bless you. And we're looking forward to seeing you once again next week.